Hello, my knowledge thirsty beauty. Hello. And welcome to another episode of DP to the Brain. We have return of our good friend Invest Tony of the Investment Hacking YouTube channel. How you doing, my friend? Hello. I'm doing great, as you can probably see. Well, it'd be interesting uh, to compare two platforms now, so we might have people not seeing. Oh, all right. Which is a reminder to follow us on Spotify, Google Podcasts, or anywhere you get your podcasts. We are on all audio platforms. I'm excited to be an English-speaking podcast so I can share it with my English-speaking friends because they're all super excited about my channel, but unfortunately, they can't understand what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, let's start there. How is the channel coming along? I know last time we talked to you, it was about, it was a couple weeks in and you were at about 100 subscribers a day. How's it going? Yeah, we're crossing uh, 12,500 subscribers right now. Okay. Which, uh, yeah, we're not trying even hard to get as many as we want wanted to grow naturally you know and i'm just putting all the clickbaits uh thumbnails bitcoin is gonna go tomorrow to one thousand mm-hmm. dollars or one million dollars whatever like whatever the um the narrative might be so we're just trying to deliver quality content and uh, our community is growing too we have a uh, close to 1500 people in a telegram chat and uh the atmosphere there is very good we are just sharing our thoughts, supporting the people who are like at a loss and sharing strategies, but not financial advice, of course, never. Mm-hmm. Yes, of course. Um, now that's what you touched on is because you're kind of filling a void of providing crypto news in Russian. That's kind of a bit of a, a niche that had a void that was there for you to fill, correct? Yeah, well, there are some channels in Russian, but... Uh, they are a little they have a little different focus you know they're trying to catch the the most recent trend and maybe um you know just follow the hype necessarily and uh, i'm a little bit of a more of a reserve strategy you know reminding my viewers about the risks and how they are always connected to the returns and uh, remind them not to take too much risk more than they can afford to lose because uh, you know that there are lots of young people or people with zero financial background. So sometimes uh, they just get you know, carried away when they see this ridiculous gains, which people are sharing in the other chats. Saying, oh, my friend did 100x, you know, you're like missing out on that. And I'm just trying to show them that you don't need to do 100x in one trade. Uh, you can just, you know, dollar cost average and do other mm-hmm. uh, responsible uh, ways of investment. And then that would be your path to financial freedom would you say so, that um there's a lot of channels out there giving people fish but there was no channels out there teaching people how to fish so you're teaching them how to fish instead of just giving them a fish yeah i guess you can put it that way and maybe i wouldn't go that far as saying there were no channels i didn't do such an in-depth uh, research i'm sure there are some quality channels but uh you know i i decided to add another quality channel rather than you know another it's not a crowded market. No, it's not a crowded market. Especially in Russian. Like those are yeah. two, that's like two added filters that really opened up a niche for you to fill, which, um, you know, and you, I know you are a traveler and such, so not just in Russian, like how much, how much of a, a need is that throughout the entire world? Just basic crypto news in their own languages. I remember when we were 
Like, you know, we worked with the international students and I've said how the Vietnamese students, they couldn't, they could never find popular movies, even subtitled in their language, let alone dubbed. So do you see that as a void in tons of different language markets? Yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure it's uh, true what you're saying, but uh, I know there are some French crypto channels, I know there are German crypto channels. So uh, yeah, I think, you know, if somebody can, because the, the majority of information is obviously provided in English and all the, the regional sources there, are, you know, in English, some news coming from, I don't know, Gov like mm -hmm. Fed Reserve or some uh, hedge funds, they in English. And I think the people who can speak both languages, let's say they're mother tongue and English and uh, would be willing to, you know, uh, provide information well, in their yeah, own but... language so their people can, can listen to it. So, yeah, I think that's because, you know, like Russian, Russian audience is paid like 10 times less than uh, English speaking. So lots of people asking me like, why don't you do it in English? And one honest answer would be because there are lots of crypto channel quality crypto yeah, exactly. channels in English. So it's hard to compete. That's one. But at the same time, uh, there's al already a lot of quality information and much, much more than in Russian. So I'm rather, you know, providing a good quality there than just being one of exactly many I'm saying that, you know, and I'm basically hypothesizing that, that such an opportunity uh, exists in basically any of your almost any language outside of, let's say, your most your most popular four or five. Yeah, like you said, there's probably decent French coverage. There's decent Spanish maybe German, you know, I'm sure Chinese has decent coverage of it. Um, whether or not everyone has access to it is a different question, but I'm thinking like, what about Brazilians? Is there something in Portuguese? Or what about, you know, our lovely friend Pam, if Pam wants to buy some stuff from Thailand, is there anyone in giving Bitcoin news in Thai? Yeah, I mean, I'm pretty sure there are, but the, yeah, again, the, the quality is, I don't know. Exactly. Well, it, okay. we can do, and just, a, just, in the just way that a little, um, in the way you're doing it. Yeah. 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 So just a, just a little input. Interestingly enough, uh, I just now I'm looking at the, my statistics from uh, the channel and, uh, only 45% of, uh, my total views are from Russia. Uh, the following right after that 21% is from U Ukraine. And then there's Kazakhstan, Belarus, Ger Germany, United States, Latvia, Poland, Moldova, Great Britain, Israel, Litva. So there's Russians living in the different countries and mm -hmm. uh, Absolutely. they're watching, or I mean, Ukraine, clearly there's Ukrainians too, and Kazakhstan people do speak Russian too. So uh, it's just uh, interesting the, the geography. You know, when I do my Saturday streams, I ask uh, people where are they watching me from? And you'd be amazed, like from all over the world, the people are watching crypto news in, in Russia. Yes, so interesting. Uh -huh. And hypothetically, you know, they also know the language of where they're living. So they're kind of, you know, spreading the word like you do. You know, for any of those who didn't know, uh, Invest in You for a while had, I don't know if you still have it, the phone case that says, warning, we'll talk about Bitcoin. Yeah, of course I do. Yeah, it's there. What, what, what I do is yesterday we had a crypto meetup, by the way. And I was wearing my Bitcoin shirt saying, I told you so. Oh, what the, like, oh, what do you mean? Just like a bunch of Bitcoin crypto enthusiasts just got together and kind of had like a little mini expo, if you will. Yeah, we're here where I live uh, in Central America. There are lots of um, people coming from uh, 
different countries, again, mainly Canada, United States, uh, and, you know, other European countries too. And they, uh, they are very, um, they have a similar mindset, you know, they are leaving their countries because of the ridiculous, uh, I will put it nicely, pandemic measures. And uh, yeah, you know, that's political themselves here and or economic interesting. Reasons. Yeah, mainly uh, the you know government trying to push further than that. Uh, that income uh, tax or lack therefore of is is not a bad perk either. Yeah, yeah, uh, but uh, that's you know it's it comes all in the package. You know the people who are not agree with the you know printing money and uh, this weird mask mandates and vaccines they all find themselves here. And it's interesting because whoever you ask here, they are either already in crypto or they are like on the way. They're like, definitely I want to learn, you know, I haven't seen, uh -huh. I haven't, honestly, I haven't met a single person here who's like, no way, that's a scam, what are you talking about? Which is like, would be a the regular answer for, you know, probably where you would be. If you just start talking to the neighbors, they'd be like, mm, what are you talking about? Well, actually, right? one, so, one thing I want to touch on then, because I know, Oh gosh, I can't. I, it was either a couple weeks ago or like two months. There was a Bitcoin conference in Miami. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, of course. It was and a huge also, Bitcoin. The question I want to ask you is, um, how do you feel about the concept of Bitcoin maximization or Bitcoin maximizers? Maximalists, you mean? Maximalists, yes, excuse me. Like, yeah. you think that's positive? Like, I don't know, what's your take? Oh, I mean, you're probably talking about Max Kaiser yelling from the stage. I mean, look, uh, are, I guess just the concept Bitcoin. of only Bitcoin, if Bitcoin can be the only crypto and the only way Bitcoin concedes is by crushing all other cryptos is in maybe I'm misstating it, but that seems to be the ultimate belief of Bitcoin maximalists is that they have to destroy other cryptos and that Bitcoin is the only true. Am I accurately stating that? Yeah, uh, well, there are Bitcoin maxes and Bitcoin maxes. There are some uh, Bitcoin uh, maxes which, um, who who was just, I don't know, uh, I'm not going to say lucky enough, but uh, who just happened to be in tech and in finance right at the time when uh, Bitcoin was introduced. So these guys, they were, they seen a value, kudos to them, like one of my neighbors, he's in Bitcoin from 2013, but Max Kaiser is there from like 2000, I don't know, 10, 11, whatever. So he, he just had a, enough money to put um, in Bitcoin enough for, you know, to make a fortune of it. He's probably a billionaire by now. And uh, so does it, his take on Bitcoin, he doesn't need anything else. You know, he, he's, okay, he yeah. knows that Bitcoin has its, its value and he, you know, it's, it's his main um, holding, you know, it's like uh, Peter Schiff is chilling uh, gold. gold because the, uh, that's his main main portfolio you know maybe I, can, maybe I can like zoom out a bit and hit it more generally so especially as we see the development of state created cryptocurrencies um what is your thoughts on the increase of hostilities between cryptocurrencies and do you think that that competition will bolster the crypto market or will be to its detriment okay yeah i i, I know where you're going so um yeah, I think that uh, crypto, different cryptocurrencies can coexist, definitely. And uh, I now nowadays there are more and more projects which are targeting uh, interoperability. 
So there is more decentralization, decentralized uh, exchanges, which allow you to swap different currencies or bridges, which connect different ecosystems. Um, there are even decentralized exchanges for different currencies, which allow you to swap native Bitcoin to native Ethereum, which is a quite groundbreaking technology if you think about it. But um, so yes, cryptos should coexist. Not all cryptos made uh, uh, the same. You know, they're not. They don't have same uh, value or uh, value proposition even or even you know technology behind them some of them are securities some of them are utility tokens um so yes they can coexist uh yes pick your pick your choose pick and choose pick your bottles the more risk the more return you have to really study um the crypto if you want to invest in it and um to yes to touch on the government crypto so yeah, government crypto is not going to be a decentralized ledger. Clearly, it's going to be super centralized, and exactly, yeah, it's going to be uh, it's going to give the, the government the ultimate power. So, if it's centralized, then the government can decide which, uh, like, they would know exactly whose wallet belongs to who, how much money there is, where do you spend it, and if you do something which you're not supposed to, they'll just like basically disable your wallet or something like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So. Which is kind of and, like the opposite of what, like the whole point, in my opinion, but continue. For sure, for sure. And uh, so it's no way, I don't think a digital dollar, UN or rubble, whatever, is a, um, a competitor to, um, to a Bitcoin because it's just the opposite, just like you said. But in, um, I also see it as a, as a good um, factor because it will help, first of all, government will take, a, um, take on education, uh, Okay, sorry. So the government will uh, help to educate people because if they introduce the digital dollar, they'll have to show how to use the wallet, you know? So this is the wallet, that's your digital wallet. You know, you mm -hmm. scan it at your work, you get your salary. Now you can, you know, and scan the code in the store. And it's being rolled out right now and a little bit later. Yeah, so they will do the education work for us. And then if uh, the digital dollars would be listed on crypto exchanges, existing crypto exchanges or upcoming crypto exchanges, then it will help people to, um, to it, will, it will facilitate the process of buying Bitcoin or Ethereum or whatever they want to. So right now it's a little bit of a hurdle for most of the people to take their fiat, you know, pull the 20 bucks from the wallet and how do I turn it into Bitcoin? Oh, you need to create this, you need to create that, connect bank account, verify, wait. Uh -huh. But if you have all your digital dollars on your wallet, then you just scan the code, boom, it's on Binance, you can buy Bitcoin. At least that's how I see it. Well, who knows how, how it will look once they roll it out and would yeah. we be willing, would we allow it to be traded on uh, Binance or other crypto exchanges? Okay. I don't know. Well, let me, let me give you like a, a hypothetical here. Well, let's say, well, like, okay, so the United States, let's say we have U.S. coin, that's our crypto, and let's say China has China coin, and, you know, let's say Facebook has Libra, and I, I know, like, ignore the technological whatever, just for the sake of the hypothetical, um, and there's open crypto, you know, there would be ob obviously open hostility between those three cryptos, you know, or at least in this scenario, they're being openly, you know, hostile to each other. They want the value of the other two to go down so that theirs relatively goes up. So in that scenario where, you know, you have a three-way tug of war, how does that fighting influence Bitcoin, who is not like directly in this fight, if you will? 
Yeah, uh, I mean, that's, uh, yeah, I think that's, that's going to be beneficial for Bitcoin because uh, uh, Bitcoin arguably is the most decentralized uh, cryptocurrency right now. So the beauty of it that you can't inflate it, you can't affect it. The market puts a price on it. Bitcoin doesn't have a marketing team. And uh, it's still there, you know. Bitcoin uh -huh. doesn't get doesn't get bailouts from the government, and the price is still there. So when the market crashed uh, in the pandemic in March 2020, there was a lot of money put into a stock market to support it. Bitcoin rebounded by itself. People just found the value. So in any kind of uh, monetary wars, I think Bitcoin will benefit and thrive because you know you can't just influence it. The market will decide. And I think the market, you know, the market participants are smart enough to pick decentralized uh, system to compare in comparison to centralized currencies. Mm -hmm. um, so we did touch on a little bit before. Um, very exciting news, I think. The, the news coming out of El Salvador with El Salvador adopting Bitcoin as the official currency. Um, I'm sure you've been tracking that closer than I have. How have you seen that rollout going? Has there been any issues or has, you know, how is that, how has the execution of it been? Because I think theoretically we think it's great, but how's the execution? Yeah, it's interesting. They um, they announced it uh, on the, this Bitcoin uh, event in Miami and uh, there were some crypto, crypto enthusiasts who were working closely with the government, with the president and the president rolled out the bill. I'd passed the Congress where he, very smoothly and you know quickly which you probably would have expected from a small country like that you know so um and now they're just full-on developing it as far as i i see it they um you know they're educating people they are uh, establishing a fund in case some people would like to to buy bitcoin who don't have a, a bank account because to statistics says there is about 70 percent not uh, underbanked in uh, in el salvador so they don't have even like necessary documents to uh, to set up a bank account. Yeah. So these people will need to get Bitcoin in order to you know like start interacting. So they they sort of setting up a fund. So they, as far as I understood, they probably will be selling it for cash. Um, so there's that. And um, again, the education is going on. The, the government is looking into different options and mining, or maybe not mining itself, but providing the electricity for the miners who would like to invest. Uh, in the country and uh, I think a very smart move is uh, to give a per, uh, permanent residency for the people who would like to invest uh, up to three big like three and more Bitcoin into the economy of El Salvador. Uh, you know, the simple math says that the, the current um, uh, current population of El Salvador is 6.5 million so if you uh, multiply 6.5 million in three that's about all circulating supply of bitcoin so if they yeah. can attract send six million people to, to move to el salvador they'll uh, have a lot of bitcoin but um it, what's even more interesting that uh, it is a it's a small country you know i'm sure that most of um, citizens of a first world countries they like see like ah come on what's el salvador like come on it's 6.5 million there are you know gangs and all that stuff you know i i, I sense the the little bit of a negativity saying that it's all a joke, you know, but, you know, if you just look at the history of Bitcoin over time, they were saying, okay, it's nobody's using it. And there's like only drug dealers are using it. And then there's like only, uh, you know, some internet sites using it. 
only small companies are using it. Only small publicly traded companies using it. Only small countries are using it. You know. So, well, another yeah. thing to keep in mind that you know, Americans tend to look at things through a very American-centric scope, and you, I I think you'd agree that most uh, crypto skeptics, American crypto skeptics, are looking at things from an American perspective. Uh, you know, economically. The other um, big thing that's come up lately, which I'm hoping you have the stuff to debuff, uh, the environmental concerns. That's become a very hot, hot issue lately in crypto, the environmental concerns uh, the, of the energy consumption from mining. Now, I'm hearing things from both sides that it's bad for the environment, but then I'm also saying, hearing that that's a myth to be debunked. So, what what's going on with that is is mining crypto destroying the environment well again yes and no i mean the you know bitcoin mining or ethereum is mineable too and uh, all other crypto which are working proof of work uh, they require a lot of electricity to be mined uh, and uh, the game theory works there there's a supply and demand um, you know, narrative, which is true for, for everything in, in the free market. And Bitcoin requires uh, electricity. Miners are paying for this electricity most of the time. You know, I'm sure somebody's stealing it, but we're not going to go into you know, that. It's a yeah. very small percentage. So usually the miners are paying for the electricity. So, and it's not like, uh, you, you know, in order to be a competitive miner, you need to find uh, cheap electricity and cheap Electricity usually exists where there is excess of that. So uh, you're not going to mine in New York because it's going to just, you know, you're not going to make any money at the current price of Bitcoin. But if you were to mine in Mongolia, where there is a very low population and there are few, let's say, nuclear power stations or some other power sources, uh, there is excess of electricity. And rather than just waste it, the miners they don't need a lot of you know infrastructure they can just set up a mining farm right next to the the plant and just use the excess of power and pay uh, for the electricity to support the the growth of um, the region that's what el salvador is doing right now too they're exploring the the mining from volcanoes you've probably seen it that's yeah but that's a separate conversation it's like also carbon well, that's, neutral that's basically what i was going to say is that the 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 com the issue being raised isn't even about crypto at all. Crypto is being scapegoated when the real issue is, you know, why is gas and petroleum and all this stuff so much cheaper than cleaner energy? That's the real, because like you said, it's all market supply demand. So, you know, like you said, they're trying to get the cheapest electricity they can, you know, and it's the same with third world countries. You can't expect a third world country to spend double on, on electricity because it's better for the earth. It's not realistic. So then the question becomes, well, why is oil and gas, you know, one third the price and can we do something about that? So I think the scapegoating of crypto is um, misguided at best and um, just and, not and a again, good faith argument at worst. Yeah, uh, something else to, I mean, you probably heard this uh, argument too, but what are you comparing to it to? You know, somebody like to say, oh, the, the, the Bitcoin mining you know, spends so much money as the, this country or that country. But how much uh, electricity spends all the banking branches, which Bitcoin act make actually uh, makes all the banks obsolete. So how much electricity does the money printing 
takes, how much energy does the, the gold uh, mining requires, you know? And that's why and I And I'm not even arguing. talking about... That's why I said... I'm not even arguing. talking about the Christmas lights, you know? Christmas lights in America, they... Yeah, yeah. So the, the Christmas lights in America, they require as much electricity as small countries. So, you know, nobody is uh, trying to outlaw that. And what's uh, what's uh, the better, um, you know, energy use is uh, the, the, the strongest decentralized monetary system or, you know, decoration. It's arguable, but you get the point. Definitely is not, this is not the, the main point of the conversation. You're absolutely right. But uh, there is a trend here, uh, at least where I live in Central America, uh, the solar power is uh, very popular, well, because sun is very strong, and you can you can sustain a house on the solar uh, battery, and solar batteries are getting cheaper and cheaper over time, which is uh, and there's not a massive bureaucracy awesome. between you and getting it set up, like in California, where you know you might spend four years to get every single thing signed off. You know, you don't have to go through 1,900 agencies with every single form and all that stuff, correct? Yes, that is correct. But again, I mean, I'm not, uh, I'm neither a ecological guy nor a physicist or something like that, but I know that lithium is not good either, you know, so there's probably not uh, yeah. such a such a way to um, get the energy without uh, damaging some, some environment, but yeah. You I, know, I, would people argue, will I would, I personally would argue that I mean, I, like you said, I'm not, I, I don't know the science, but I would think that, you know, if we, we would have, well, the thing is we can't try to do multiple things at once. We have to either do one thing or the other. So if we're going to go start mining lithium, we have to go all in on the electric cars. And if we do that, then I think you could argue that, you know, long-term, whatever digging you're doing in the mining is going to be less damageable over like a thousand years for the end pursuit. And of course, that's always the argument. Um, I personally am a big pro-nuclear nuclear power fan. I'm a big fan of nuclear power. Um, I think it's got a bit of a bad rap because it's, you know, everyone thinks of it as the old technology. Well, technology continues to advance, science continues to advance. A modern brand spanking new a uh, nuclear thing that's, you know, properly implemented, executed, whatever, is safe. Thorium and stuff. But like I said, I'm no expert on this stuff, so people would have to do their own uh, research on that. Yes. So. Um, one other thing I wanted to ask you about, um, as I like to call it, Elon Gate. Elon. So Elon Musk has basically become the face of cryptocurrency, if you will, worldwide, um, you know, with the Dogecoin, and then first they took Bitcoin, and then they didn't take Bitcoin, now they're taking Bitcoin again. What do you think about, like, okay, well, first of all, would you agree that he's the single most influential person on the crypto market? Um, as of right now, probably, yeah, I mean, he's, he's the richest person in the world, so, you know, Arguably, I don't know who, who's who yeah, now, but, Jeff Bezos you know. or Elon Musk. But uh, I mean, if Jeff Bezos just tweets right now that Bitcoin, like Amazon accepts Bitcoin, he will pro might become the most influential now. You know, it's just all about the, the in, you know, well, I think it's, I think and, it's more than that, though. I mean, just like, you know, the memes, he's like, I mean, yes, if, if Amazon took Bitcoin, that would be big. But, you know, Jeff, uh, Jeff Bezos isn't on the, on Twitter every single day, you know, 
every you know every time Elon tweets, it's affecting the market in one way or another. Mm-hmm. And even if you know, just because of the way he is and the way he communicates, he has made himself. He has wrapped himself up in the crypto market and kind of made himself, you know, if you will. So what I mean, Which what do you I think? What do you think of like one person kind of amorphously controlling the market? Because I don't think, you know, you can argue we've seen it in the stock market, but I don't think you've seen it to this degree where literally one single person has that much influence for every single tweet they send out. Sure. But uh, yeah, because the market is uh, immature and, uh, you know, he, uh, he definitely can manipulate also the price of, uh, of a Bitcoin to a certain extent. But uh, the problem... Uh, like even bigger problem is that when he started with some altcoins, you know, like Dogecoin or others, and the, the, uh, that gets it back to the the problem which I was talking about when I was describing why I started the channel because the people are unsophisticated and uh, they just think that Elon Musk, if he tweets something, that he means it, but we know that that's not always the case, you know. And uh, I don't think that he's actually like trading it. I don't think he's making money off of it. I mean, I, I think that he's just playing with it. It's like a toy, you know, once you get to yeah, that no, that's, level that's of fine. wealth yeah. or uh, or influence, you, you have to entertain yourself somehow. So what if I tweet this or that or give so, it in to some people? You know? Overall, do you think it's positive or negative for the market to have one person to be able to influence it so easily on a whim? Oh yeah. Doesn't I mean, that kind of clearly. take away from decentralization? Yeah, yeah, of course. No, it's nothing good about it for sure. It's uh, it's pretty bad because uh, it basically defeats all the purposes you said. And people, I would encourage people to use their own head, you know, to to uh, to you know to decide what are what do they want to invest in based on hopefully some research. It doesn't, uh, you know, Elon is just doing it on a different scale. But there are also small influencers who are like pumping some coins, and uh, then. You know that they're no, they're doing the exact same thing following. in the stock market. But I'm just saying, even like a yeah, Warren sure. Buffett or something, he's never had as much control as a single entity as you know for the entire market like that. It's just something kind of unseen in the whole equities game, if you will. So I was just curious to see you know kind of a once in a once in a market thing happening here. Yeah, yeah. So I. I hope the markets will mature and uh, uh, it will start to ignore uh, tweets from a single person, no matter how influ- influential it is. Uh, he or she is, you know, like if the president of the country, you know, even like El Salvador, the president of El Salvador is pretty influential. But imagine if somebody uh, with a bigger following auditor will start tweeting something or it will get hacked, you know, and the account will just like it happened a few years ago when. A lot of accounts would get hacked and they were just taking part in this uh, Bitcoin scam kind of giveaway thing. Yeah, so, that would be very easy. Like, hey, send you taxes to here. Yeah, so I don't know. Yeah, it's definitely bad for Mark answering your question. It's, we have well, to I think, grow. like you said, it comes back to education because the thing that's so difficult about crypto is to understand crypto, you have to understand, like, stocks first. So it's like... To a certain extent, you have to understand the basic of stocks before you can understand the basics of, you know, trading crypto, crypto valuation. And then you have to understand the technology to a certain extent, understand the technology as well. So it's, you know, you could see how it's it's a bit difficult to get there without any education. Yeah. 
do you think there's another country that's going to be adopting soon? When sure. I say, and like, do you, well, I would assume, and I, I'm guessing it would be your assumption too, it's going to be somewhere geographically near El Salvador in a country yeah, with uh, hyperinflated currency. Yeah, I mean, we've seen uh, lots of, you know, uh, the moment when El Salvador announced it, there are lots of uh, officials from different countries. They put these laser eyes and seen people from uh, everywhere, from, um, you know, Paraguay, Brazil, Argentina, even Mexico. Uh, I think the sky blue eyes of, is for Cardano. <laughs> no, I, I get uh, Ethereum eyes. Honestly, I'm, I'm an Ethereum fanboy. I just like the, the programming aspects of it. Okay, all right. But yeah, no, I've, I've seen, yeah, I have been seeing that, but I, you know, nothing official yet. Well, yeah, like today, actually, there was an article that uh, Paraguay will introduce the bill uh, in July and they send it, but there is not a lot of support as of yet because they are selling uh, the excess of electricity to Brazil. So that's their, <sighs> you know, sucks. that's the way how they work, but, uh, but we'll see. We'll see, you know, yeah. I'm, I'm sure it's not going to stop there because uh, I honestly have been waiting for it, not just because, um, you know, as a Bitcoin guy or crypto guy, but it's just, it's a no brainer, you know, the small country, like there are lots of small countries which don't have much. And the only thing we they used to have was a, uh, a little bit of an export and a little bit of tourism. And now the pandemic hit hard on tourism and you uh -huh. know, disrupted lots of supply chains. So uh, what, what else they have to do? You know, there's, they have to come up with something. But at the same time, you know, they are attracting smart people and they're attracting the developers, entrepreneurs and, uh, and the people who would be willing to invest in, uh, uh, in the country. But at the same time- Basically think the of opposite it. of the United States immigration policy. Yeah, no comments on that. <laughs> so <laughs> the, um, the other thing, the interesting part is that if you have a Bitcoin as a, as a currency, you can manipulate it. And it was interesting that the government would be willing to give this huge power leverage, just give it up basically, because they can inflate it, you know? So, yeah. but in case of El Salvador, they used to have their own money up until I think 1995, if I'm not mistaken, then they just switched to a dollar. Uh, and now they like have a dollar and Bitcoin, but so they didn't really control much uh, currency to begin with, but it would be interesting to see if some of the countries who have their own money, which is like hyperinflating, and they would, if they would adopt Bitcoin, like, yeah. well, what would it mean? Like, what's the, what do you think? What does it mean from a government perspective? Well, one, you know, like, one country that I kind of always have at least part of my eye on is Venezuela. Now, mm -hmm. given the, the nature of their government right now, I would think any implementation of Bitcoin would be difficult to impossible. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, if, if there would be, you know, at some point he'll be gone, either he'll die of natural causes or, or they'll overthrow him, Maduro. So, you know, and hoping that it goes in like some kind of democratic direction, which, you know, I am biased towards democracy. Um, you know, I think that could be extremely helpful for Venezuela. There, I mean, I don't know exactly the numbers, but I think it's the most inflated currency in the world. Correct me if I'm wrong on that. No, no, I think you're right. But uh, again, see, it's all about the, the power because if you have your own uh -huh. money, you can print it. You at least can print a little bit more and put in, you know, throw it in the ditch and just, you know, 
sustain yourself for a little bit of time. But now, if you if you just have a Bitcoin, then you can do it. You have to figure out the way to mine it or attract investors. So it's, I mean, it's really huge. I think people don't really understand um, the importance of. Uh, That's what I was going to ask thing. you. Do you feel and, like it's being underhyped, like just generally in? I mean, in my opinion, and I think yours, this is a world-changing. I mean, not a not a world-changing event, I'd say, but a world-changing like landmark. You know, it's been coming. It's a it's a wave, so it's not like something that just happened. That's why I say it's not an event, but it's definitely like a huge landmark about things are really about to start happening in this direction for real. Like all you know, yeah, yeah. people have been rolling their eyes at you for what ten years now, and now it's you know. It's I told you so o'clock. Yeah, because uh, for sure, because, uh, you know, it's a huge leap for El Salvador and a small step for the world. Uh, and I don't know if I'm like under hyped, I would use it, but it's definitely uh, the people just didn't realize how massive it is. Something else which is pretty massive. I don't know if you if you wanted to touch a little bit on it, but uh, I was listening to Ray Dollar recently. Ray Dollar is, um, is a legendary hedge fund uh, manager. Is to Creflo Dollar? I don't know about that, but Ray Dalio, I don't know. I don't think oh. so. <laughs> <He's not. laughs> and yeah, so um, Ray, uh, Ray Dalio uh, is known for the, his theory, theory about death, uh, death cycles, death, like, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, that. So, um, and um, he was a Bitcoin skeptic for a while. He's an older guy. But recently he was like, yes, I do own some Bitcoin. And then he was giving an interview and he said that um, he said that he'd rather pick a, in an inflationary environment like we have right, one right now, he'd rather pick a Bitcoins than a bond. And that that is massive. Like people don't understand what he just said because bonds were, they were always a place to go for this huge amount of money. Bond market is massive. That's it's like supposed the, to always the, be positive. It's supposed to be uh, to yield a little bit and be stable and be the most uh, stable thing where you can park park a billion, you know, like you can park hundred billion. That's why it's such a that's why it's such a big deal that the U.S. bond is negative right now. Like, what exactly. you talking about in, attracting investors? Let me give that's you one number. Right there. Yeah, let me give you uh, one number which is gonna blow your mind. Do you know um, how much the price of pork? went up since the beginning of the year like like pork i don't is know traded, like 150 yeah pork is traded on uh there's a futures for all the commodities you know you can find uh yeah. wheat soybeans oil and yeah, i know all the all the commodities pork. have been super inflated right now but i think i don't know i think that's a bit of, of a post-covid mirage in my opinion 75 percent since the beginning of the year bitcoin is like 27 right now so uh, it depends what you're uh, comparing you know what's your denomination if you're comparing bitcoin to pork you're like down 40 (laughs) percent so uh the point is that uh, it's just so many once you print so much money it's a no-brainer that the prices of everything will go up so if your real inflation even like in pork is 75 percent you can't afford to park uh billions in uh, negative yielding bonds even the bonds which are yielding like one two percent realistically they're yielding a lot like way below the inflation mm-hmm, exactly so we, we are on the brink of a changing paradigm you know and and if if the market let's say tumbles 
and there will be some another shock or panic event. Of course, the price of Bitcoin will uh, fall for like, you know, go down for a little bit, but uh, it's nothing fundamentally changed or if like to a negative side, you know, so all the, the fundamentals are just getting stronger and stronger. One of my videos I uh, issued recently was Bitcoin was never stronger and okay, the chart might not does not necessarily look too good right now, but I was talking about fundamentals because uh -huh. You know, in this hyperinflation environment, the Americans just don't realize what what's about to hit them. You know, yeah, yeah inflation is five percent, and uh, Jerome Powell was talking this Wednesday, and everyone was waiting what's he gonna say, the Fed Reserve guy. You know, and uh, he had to say something. There was like binary outcome should have happened. Like he should should have said. He, everyone was expecting him to say, uh, inflation is too much. We were shooting for two, and now we have five. We have to that monetary policy, raise the interest rate and stop buying things. Or he, he would have said, just keep on rolling, we'll deal with inflation. Let your winners ride. And then he said that. So he said, we're not going to do anything. Inflation was just going to fade. Uh, everything's okay. And uh, well, yesterday, Fed, Federal Reserve bought $300 billion worth of junk assets, which are 70 corporations are dumping on them. The Federal Reserve balance sheet is eight trillion. So they just printing their own bonds and buying them. That is insane. This is the mother of all bubble. No financial discipline. The United States has not had financial discipline since yeah. Reagan, maybe. I mean, he wasn't like that financial. I mean, he wasn't that financially disciplined, but like he at least bought into the idea of it to a certain extent of trying to be financially disciplined. Every president since then is just throwing money on everything they can see. Yeah, oh my see. lord, it's a mess. It is yeah. a mess. Yeah. I mean, and also then we have the debt is greater than our GDP. I mean, although, you know, well, the problem is our debt should be much higher, but because no one holds bonds, you know, our debt should be to our own citizens, not to, well, everyone says China. We actually don't owe that as much to China. We only owe them one trillion, only. We owe Japan more. Yeah, compared, yeah, compared to uh, what the Federal Reserve is holding right now, yeah. 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 China, China used to be a huge uh, bond holder. Now it's not the case anymore. It's Why would you? Barely even noticeable, yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, and then it hurts our, you know, diplomacy, too, because, you know, we used to be able to give U.S. bonds to, you know, countries like El Salvador or such. Well, that's, you know, they don't want the U.S. bond because it's going to lose them money. You know, sure. that and they have to, oh, gosh, what's the, what is that organization called? Like the International Business Whatever, the, the, the predators that basically steal money from poor countries. <laughs> you know who I'm talking about? Monetary fund? No. Yeah, the people that they basically there's an international um, loan shark uh, company that goes around into third world countries and we're like, hey, we'll give you a loan with like stupid high amounts of interest. Yeah, no. Um, that's... What, what is it? Hold on, I'll pull it up right now. What is that called? I think it's internet. Is it the International Monetary Fund you're talking about? I'm pretty sure. IMF. IMF. I'm pretty sure it's the IMF. Yeah, the International Monetary Fund are basically um, the UN loan sharks that are going around and um, extracting money from third world countries through bogus loan deals. 
Yeah. It's great. The, yeah. But the, the, yeah. Remember also that the government is the worst. Um, uh, government investor. is the worst. I agree with you. Is the worst investor too. So they, um, uh -huh. they don't have to care. You know, if you, if you lose your money, it's on you. If they lose the money, they can always bail themselves out. No, if they lose their money, it was your money in the first place. <laughs> yeah. Something like that. Playing with, they're always playing with house. Always remember the government is always playing with house money. Always. Yeah. Yeah, that's why that's one of the main reasons that I don't think Medicare for all is a great idea because there would, there's no incentive to cut prices. Uh, you know, yeah, we won't be paying out of pocket, but they're going to jack the prices up so much. We'll be paying so much in taxes to, to cover it up. Now, we can offset that because the inflating costs of drugs right now is based on like corruption issues and issues of just, you know, not allowing Medicaid and Medicare to negotiate drug prices. So I don't know, but that is one of the main issues with Medicare for all is it's just going to be a massive giveaway to the insurance companies and the already absolutely bloated um, healthcare administration infrastructure. I mean, Obamacare was a massive giveaway. And but the thing is, it also you know, allowed a lot of low-income people to get health insurance. So some good, some bad, but and when, I don't know. It just frustrates me when people say, you know, government, single-payer government health care is the only reasonable solution. And if you don't support that, you don't support people having health care. Well, it's uh, not that easy. Not that easy because uh, government is the worst, quote, unquote. But anyway, yeah. I will go don't ahead get you started. My, I'll go ahead and put the soapbox away. <laughs> um, one of the, I wanted to ask you now. This was this was a little bit ago, but like for a cup, for like a week and a half, my Twitter feed was just filled with green squares and taproot. What the hell is taproot, and what's up with all these green squares? Uh, yeah, well, green 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 squares were. Um... Okay, so Taproot is uh, an update to Bitcoin Core, like so Bitcoin Code. It will introduce some uh, privacy features to it. Don't get me, you know, too much into technical details, but uh, so they basically went from Windows Bitcoin, XP to Windows Vista. Hopefully not. Hopefully uh, just jump we'll straight to Windows, Windows Seven to Windows Seven. May hopefully. Hopefully, yeah. But it is uh, they the, upgraded operating systems basically. And the green uh, green squares were the indication of the nodes who were accepting because Bitcoin is a decentralized system. So uh, the core developers can introduce something, but it's up to the, the miners to accept it or not. And uh, every like green, green square was uh, indicating that another miner decided to support this uh, update. And uh, just recently, okay. recently the, the majority of uh, like absolute majority of the miners or nodes uh, agreed to introduce uh, Taproot and it will go in, uh, in uh, it will be activated some sometime in the following few months. I think September, if I'm not mistaken. So it will still take a little bit of time to implement, but at least the the community agreed that that's a good thing and they should. So do that. what are the supposed benefits, if you would? Well, the as I as I said, the privacy is uh, the main. Um, uh, the main benefit of that i guess what what do you mean by like privacy specifically 
Like how is it how is it going to increase it from what was already there? I guess what what is what are current privacy settings and what is it increasing to? Uh well I don't wanna, you know, confuse your listeners. I don't wanna um I'm I'm not sure really how it works because it's a little bit too technical. Okay. But you know That's, that yeah that uh, yeah. Uh, I mean understood. I, I yeah. Understood. All right. And then just, you know, I'm does it, you know, add some more features, cleaned up UI, stuff like that, I assume. Well, Bitcoin, what do you mean? Bitcoin doesn't have UI. Well, well uh, it says that I mean, is there some kind of I assume there's some kind of UI interface for mining or something like that? I yeah, see, I don't I don't know exactly the specifics. Yeah. I know I mean I've seen the warehouses full of machines, but there's gotta be some kind of you know what I mean? How does yeah, but my, mining mining uh, programs, if you will, they uh, it's not the Bitcoin. Bitcoin is a it's just decent, like decentralized ledger, which is uh, blockchain. So uh, they uh, okay, okay. I think yeah, I, I think I understand the yeah. uh, the in the inaccuracy of my question. Yeah. Um, okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. So then it was basically, was it maybe just like the different mining programs themselves accepting it, or was it the individual users? Say it again. Like so, te so you know, Bitcoin goes for essentially through the mining program, like you said. There's different mining programs. Yeah, then so, through the nodes, yes. Yeah, mm -hmm. the different nodes, but like you know, pe you know, multiple people are going to be using the same mining program, and you know, the mining program is hypothetically controlled by someone. So was it an, a thing where each individual person agreed to taproot, or? you know, the code writer of the mining program had to code in like the Taproot plugin and then all those people using that specific program turned green at once. Uh, no, I I'm probably think... getting a bit in the weeds here, but like, was it a programming thing or was it just, you know? No, it was, it was the change on, not on the, the programming, uh, like, you know, PO like not not on the programming, um, like the mining programs. Not on the mining program. No, okay. not on the mining program. It's uh, the core code of uh, the blockchain. Basically, uh, it's 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 a critical uh, upgrade on the Bitcoin itself, and uh, uh, it changed the, miners... the variable that would be loaded into the method that is the mining program, if you will. Yes. To do yes, it in programming that. language. Yeah. Let's say. Um, let's say how how Bitcoin and Bitcoin Cash was introduced. Bitcoin Cash is a fork of, uh, of Bitcoin. So somebody just said that let's make a block bigger than it is currently. Let's make it not uh, one megabyte. Let's make it, I don't know, I don't remember from what's uh, Bitcoin Cash block size, but let's make it 10 megabytes. And uh, in order for this kind of change to take place, the miners or the, the not, people who are running the nodes, full nodes, they have to say, okay, we agree on that. Now the chain or blockchain uh, of a Bitcoin is gonna go two different ways. The fork is gonna happen. One's gonna use it, do it the old way. One's gonna do it the, the new way. And uh, so the more, the main chain is what uh, majority of the miners and full nodes support. So this sort of, um, this kind of upgrade, all the Bitcoin core miners and uh, full node runners, they accepted it. So there's not going to be any fork. It's Bitcoin just going to 
evolve from the current state to the taproot and they'll just... I think evolve. I might not have asked my question in the most understandable way. I think the easiest way to ask would be, and I think I know the answer, just to make sure that I say it more clearly, um, was some kind of software update required in the mining programs to process the new you know, Bitcoin taproot? And the answer to that is, is no, there wasn't any software there was no, you know, changes needed for the mining programming. It it took it just the same as it was before, correct? Yeah, I think. Yeah, okay. I think that that was my question. I yeah. didn't ask it in the best way, but yeah. So it it didn't change anything with the mining or anything. It like just joined, changed. The, it didn't change the pickaxe. It just changed the gold in the ground. Yes. Okay. Yeah. There there we go. I I want to make sure that I wasn't making this more confusing than less for those listening or watching, I guess, I don't know. Um, I mean, I don't know, any other, what are, any other big developments lately? I think we basically touched on kind of all the big, you know, obviously there was that big drop off from April, mid-April, mid-May, it was about a 50% drop, which, you know, it's that, me it's that meme of all those dudes at the hangman's noose, oh, first time? Yes. First big drop, so, but you know, it's, it comes back uh, stronger every time. Yeah, yeah, and uh, right now, um, my short-term prediction would be if uh, thirty thousand holds, then, or even like thirty-three thousand probably holds, and I think will due to uh, run up. You know, MicroStrategy is buying another five hundred million dollars worth of Bitcoin. And uh, they're willing to sell up to $1 billion worth of their shares just to buy more Bitcoin. Now it's a separate conversation if it's a good thing mm -hmm. for uh, Bitcoin or not. But um, as I said, fundamental, fundamentals are uh, strong. And uh, on the long run, we know that in a year from now, Bitcoin is going to cost more than it is right now. Same goes for Ethereum, I think. Yeah. I mean, and I think... I mean, maybe you don't have to put it in exact numbers, but from now until end of the calendar year, how many other countries do you see making the announcement? Uh, maybe next, um, say like next yeah, six no. months, yeah. Couple, maybe. Two, okay. One, so you, two, you think by two, 2022, we'll probably have like four or five countries who are using Bitcoin. Three, four, yeah. Probably, Somewhere yeah. in there, yeah. And you think it's all going to be in the same region, or do you think we might see someone in Africa or someone, something like that? Or would oh, you could would you predict it to be well specifically because we've been seeing all these laser eyes? I haven't been, I haven't necessarily seen any laser eyes out of politicians in Asia or um, Africa, but that doesn't mean that it hasn't happened. I just haven't seen it, but I know I have seen the ones for the Latin countries. Yeah, I think Africa is. Probably we can we can expect some some somebody from Africa to come up with that too. Yeah. Well, the thing about Africa, unfortunately, is very large portions of it are basically um, being totally bankrolled by China and the CCP. China, you know, economic has economic ties and controls for large portions of Africa. Um, we have a lot, in which yeah. you know that's a separate issue of, but you know so. Something to keep in the back of our minds, you know, for sure, the, the, for sure. the CCP might actively discourage that because they are working on, you know, they would want to roll out their own, 
they wouldn't want, you know. Yeah. So. But I'm excited. I'm excited more about the, the mining development. You know, I, mm -hmm. I think the United States right now uh, gonna. I know yeah. that there are already a lot of mining uh, happening in the United States. I think we just we increase. need to get our energy shit figured out. That's the problem. The problem isn't the crypto. The problem isn't that we need lots of energy. The problem is that we still have not figured out the right way to get energy without fucking everything. For sure. Yeah. And uh, I think that the, the, the smaller countries, they may not necessarily uh, adopt Bitcoin as legal tender because that's a, a huge step. But uh, mm, we can see that if the, the volcano thing works or the solar thing, you know, you know, and we'll probably see some of these countries around where I'm at uh, adopting mining it. and uh, yeah, and then they um, for sure it's gonna give them a, a nice uh, support for the economy of the country, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I so, mean it's definitely a backstop against hyperinflation for sure. I mean it's kind of nice to know that because you know a country that falls into hyperinflation is is bad for everyone because then for it sure. almost always leads to bad shit happening. You know that's why. Yeah, but anyway. All right, man. I appreciate uh, right. I appreciate the time. Once always enlightening. Um, don't forget to check down in the description for all the links to check out the Investment Hacking uh, YouTube channel and Investony on Twitter. Don't forget to like, subscribe, follow on whatever platform you're watching or listening on. And uh, thanks again for listening to another feast right here on the DP2 The Brain Podcast. All right. Thanks, guys.